When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a very special President's Day episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. I'm Bo Wolf, joined by handsome Rich Hoffman to my left. And as you see in front of us, we have a brand new sponsor that we're going to be very excited to tell you about. Miller Lite on board as the official beer of the PHLY Eagles podcast. We'll get to that. We've, got, we've structured the whole show today around Zach Berman's favorite holiday. Now, he is off celebrating and observing the special day uh, as only he can do. But uh, Rich, what's your what's your favorite part of the the President's Day festivities? I just feel so inadequate to talk about it compared <laughs> to Zach, you know, and is it a good thing that he took off? Is it because he's taking it so seriously or is it a bad thing? I mean, should he should he be here for this day specifically? Yeah, I mean, the, the football season could be wrapped up today. It could be Labor Day to President's Day if, if he oh. had his his druthers. Labor Day to President's Day, one of the best CB ideas <laughs> ever. Just he, he gave Roger Goodell the whole branding. It was the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Yeah, fantastic. So we're going to talk, uh, talk about some like Eagles related presidential things. I have to say the, uh, the graphic that uh, Julia put together for the thumbnail, as hard as I've laughed uh, <laughs> at any thumbnail that we have had since starting the show in September. I mean, it's a great picture of Don Smolensky. Uh, Eagles president, if you were unaware, uh, it's the only one that is in uh, the the image file. So uh, there we go. We get Donnie Smoles, and maybe we can talk about uh, you know who would win in a wrestling match between Don Smolenski and Joe Banner in your eyes. If we just talk Eagles presidents, we're going to talk sort of about like you know who in the Eagles world would you want to be president? This is the day. Okay, we're celebrating the day. And somewhere, Zach is like, what is going on? And that's okay. That's okay. He's back tomorrow at noon. So, uh, Rich, how was your weekend? It was great, Bo. Uh, you know, I was uh, trying to observe President's Day. You know, I was, it's kind of the, it's the preamble to today, honestly. Mm. Um, but it, it was good, you know. I uh, didn't do a lot. I'm uh, cat-sitting my, uh, my girlfriend's cat right okay. now. So I, I did flex. that. Yeah. It's, uh, is it? Is that a flex? Got a girlfriend. That's flex. Oh, that is a flex. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I also have a cat now too <laughs> that I have to deal with. So that very very. Now, what goes into cat sitting? Oh, nothing. You just uh, <laughs> you know, cats are very they're self sufficient. They're mm -hmm. they're fine. You, you do have to clean out the litter box, which uh, 
that that's the only real hard part. But, is that uh, having never had a cat? Is that like a once a day? Twice a day, once every other day. What, what are we talking? For me, it's it's a once every couple of days okay. type of thing. Uh, may, maybe it should be done a little quicker. But again, <laughs> I'm just learning right now. Yeah, you're, you're doing your, the best you can. It's a new thing. I will say that the one tough thing about cats is that I have such a gag reflex when mm. I open the uh, the dry food. It smells really bad. So uh, <laughs> if somebody had a, a a camera on me as I was doing that. Uh, it, it wouldn't have been good. And so what are the, what, what, are you just trying to hold your breath now? Are you like doing the actual pinch of the nose? What, yeah. What are yeah, you going for? Sometimes it's a pinch of the nose. Sometimes I'll just, I'll throw my whole sweatshirt over it and try <laughs> and do it, you know, in, in one fell swoop, basically. It's, uh, yeah, it, look, it's a learning process, but we got a little more time to, to perfect the, uh, perfect it. But you know what? She's 1% still eat, better every day. She's still eating the, the cat food. So yeah. it's, it's working. Okay. So that was the main thing. What about what, you? What'd you think? Uh, I had a good weekend. We did go see the uh, the Mrs. Doubtfire play on Saturday. That was fun with the with uh, the, the generations of Wolfmen. Had uh, Casey and my dad there. That was kind of fun. Uh, Do they have a dude looks like a lady number? No. Um, oh man, it's like my they, favorite montage. I know. And you know what? They have updated it. It is not. It, it is a little bit less problematic than the original uh, version. And it, it, there's some changes to the ending. But there, you know, the guy who played. Uh, the Robin Williams role, very good, very talented. I can't wait for you to tell me because I, I don't want you to give the, uh, the listeners mm. any spoilers. I can't wait to hear what the actual ending is to the movie. I, I don't know what that would be. Well, it, 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 it doesn't wrap up in quite so neat a bow as the, as oh. the, as the oh, original. Oh, a little realism, okay. <laughs> yeah, wow. but in a good way. Yeah, you know. I, I, feel, like they, I feel like they paint the, uh, the Sally Field role a little bit difficultly, like they're a little bit unfair to her. Yeah. In the movie, yeah. and they're a little bit more fair to her in the show. That's fair. Um, yeah, it's a little just more updated. That like you know, maybe maybe like uh, they don't need to get back together in the end. Is that what happens in the movie? Do they get back together? No, but they come to a, they a come nice, to, nice okay. agreement, sharing custody. And, and is Brosnan like still in the picture in the movie? I don't think he is. I think he's kind of like a like a goof in the middle of the movie. Yeah. You know what though? I don't. He is remember. less. He is played less like a uh, like a villain in the in the show. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Understandable. Yeah. It's not his fault. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you throw a lime at the guy. That's fine. But sure. Yeah. That that actual part does carry over. Okay. The lime throw. Oh man, I might have to go see this. I don't know. I think you may have missed your opportunity. Oh. Well, actually, maybe it's still playing. I don't know. Academy of Music. Shout out to the Academy of Music. Uh, all right. Um, this is going to get a little weird, I guess, but let's let's start with uh, Rich. Now, there's one small piece of Eagles news, by the way, that trickled out over the weekend, a report that has not been uh, confirmed that I've seen, but that Aaron Moorhead might be sticking around as the Eagles wide receivers coach, which I would, I would count as a surprise, um, considering some things we heard. But uh, if that's the case, all the power to him. Why would you count that as a surprise? Uh, well, he's been there a while. Um, you know, he, he predated Sirianni, right? Um, like, aside from Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, who were already awesome, I think you would be hard-pressed to find guys who have, like, gotten a lot better. Um, and just because they were clearing so much of the staff on offense, I, I was expecting him to uh, be replaced. But good for him. I'm trying to think. Who, I guess, maybe... They had such a long string of having just one year of wide receivers coaches, like... 
it was like uh, the joke was the defense of the dark arts <clears throat> type deal. And it's weird that Aaron Moorhead has been the guy who has now been here for like five years. Who do you think had the best year? Maybe since you've been around the team, I know it hasn't been consecutively. Who who's the best wide receivers coach? It, it was not best Gun- wide receivers coach. It wasn't it wasn't Gunter? I don't think. But no. Maybe well, Mike, it was Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. It was yeah. Mike Rowe, and then he got promoted. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, you're the wide receivers coach long enough to become the right become the villain or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Now David Cully predated him. It was was uh, well thought, thought of. of. Yes. Yeah. He was there uh, for a long time. Too. There for a long time with Andy. Um, so there you go. Okay. Congrats to Aaron Morehead if that is in fact the case. We is will it? hear a little bit more. Uh, hopefully the Eagles will uh, announce their official full staff at some point. Uh, they usually wait till everything is buttoned up to do that. We've got the combine next week, and so if it hasn't been officially announced by then, we'll uh, we'll get to sniff around a little bit more there. But for now, we know Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio, and uh, and and we roll on. I have, I have one quick draft take for you. Please. Since I'm, Zach is going to be on the show the next three days, uh, and I think I'm doing Friday as well you with, Zach, with him. Yes. But I don't know. And just reading up on the draft, it seems like – do you think there's a, a decent chance they go? I mean, obviously, when you did the uh, the draft with Fran, Tyler Guyton was mm. – uh, was he did well in that. And – do you, so do you think there's a decent chance they go tackle in the, in the first round, kind of the, the succession plan? Type? I do, um, just because that is what their history tells us, right? Now, Howie has had the, – the, I've said this before. The great thing about having Howie Roseman as the general manager is that he's been here so long that we have, like, a real sample size as opposed to what, what you might not have with other general managers. First-round picks, he has only ever used them on the premium positions, right? Quarterback, defensive line, offensive line, and wide receiver. That's it. Now, I think cornerback is a possibility and is not one that he is opposed to. I think that's been a little bit more situational. We know that they were interested in corners over the past couple of years from, you know, Derek Stingley to Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn and maybe even Christian Gonzalez last year. Um, so that is a possibility. And I think if they were like – hoping that uh, need met value at any position, they might hope that it's corner this year. But aside from that, I don't think they're taking a wide receiver in the first round just because of the personality dynamics. I don't think they're taking a defensive tackle again. It seems like edge rusher is not really uh, ripe in that area for them. I think that would be one that they would be interested in, especially if Hassan Reddick or Josh Sweat is moved, right? Obviously, they're not taking a linebacker, and I don't think they're taking a first-round safety. So barring that, we also know that, you know, um, Howie will say that if we say that we're going to be about something, we got to have our actions follow our words. And if we are all about building a great offensive line, we're going to have to use resources to do that. They know that Lane Johnson's not going to be here forever. It might be one year. It might be two years. Tackle seems like the most... Howie Roseman pick here. It's and it's the same area where they took Andre Dillard a couple years ago. Um, that said, uh, Tommy Lawler, friend of the show, had a had a, a good sort of thought exercise up on on Eagles Blitz, his website over the weekend about sort of comparing like the Eagles draft philosophy to the Chiefs draft philosophy. And Zach was talking about how like impressive it is that the Chiefs have turned over their defense so much with all these young guys. And part of it is they let those guys play. And the Eagles, I think, like, you could make – it goes both ways. You could make the case that 
well, it's a good thing if you were allowed to redshirt these guys because it means that you've got better players than them, right? I, I think like sp very specifically of N'Kobe Dean from his rookie year. Like he, he can't get on the field because TJ Edwards and Kaiser White are playing so well. That's good. The flip side to that is you don't get the information that you need. And at some point, you do have to trust these guys. And so they go into this year having to trust N'Kobe Dean, but they don't have the full picture of information. Now, if you play guys as a rookie, you might get some false positives or some false negatives, like guys take time to develop. But I do think that there is a bit of a um, reluctance for the Eagles, and I don't know if it's coaching staff or front office, to sometimes let the young guys play. Yeah, and I just think, you know, the other guy that I thought of in terms of just letting a guy sit and, and watching him, you know, letting him develop kind of behind the scenes, let him watch the games, is Jordan Mailata, who obviously, resource-wise, yeah. was not nearly the same commitment as as these other guys. But, like, if we're talking about team building over the past couple of years, that is, like, the great hit of the Howie Roseman era to get, you know, an, a legitimate left tackle because Jeff Stoutland said, hey, this guy has incredible skills. You know, we, we need to let him sit for a couple of years, keep him on the roster, but just, like, let him watch and develop. And then in a couple of years, I, I think I can make him a legit player. I, I do think it's a little bit different, though, when it's the first round, when you're taking that that player, and you're also trying to win right now, because there, like, there are a couple guys, um, and there are like economic reasons to do it. Because if you're drafting a guy and letting him sit for a year or two, you're not getting the full value of that of that contract. That said, there are a couple guys in that range. Like, it, it seems like offensive tackle in that late teens, early twenty range. There are some legit players and kind of well thought of guys and, and guys who, you know, uh, you read the scouting reports on a couple of these guys, uh, Marius Mims and Guyton are kind of mm -hmm. the two. I think a lot of people say these guys are raw, but they have like, they have a ton of talent. They might be good in a couple of years. And it just made me think like, oh, well, maybe the Eagles are the perfect spot, right? Because if, if these are going to be the best guys in a couple of years and you just have to deal with some growing pains, well, they're probably more equipped to, to handle that because their bad years will just be preseason and you know the practice you know practices and then if if lane or uh Mylotta gets hurt then they can play or something like that so and i also think there's a, an interesting jeff stoutland conversation here because if you think okay we have the best offensive line coach in the league this guy can develop players better than anybody he's and he's being paid for that right is the best use of that yeah. skill being able to draft offensive linemen on day three and Jeff Stoutland can turn them into starting caliber offensive linemen? Or is it drafting really good prospects on you know day one and day two and he can turn them into pro bowlers, right? And I don't know that there's a right answer there, but in terms of like resource allocation, I, like, I don't think that you should have to use only first and second round and third round picks to fill out the offensive line if you have this special weapon. Um, and like, it's a little bit like the, the Niners defensive line, right? Uh, they have this guy, Chris Kukuric, I think is, is the pronunciation. And like, well they always yeah. get the most out of defensive linemen. And for a long time, it was like, well, we'll just sign these guys like, uh, Arden Key or Cleland Farrell or whatever, these guys who are sort of journeymen and he will turn them into productive, like above average starters. And then they instead go out and they get, you know, they get Bosa, they sign Javon Hargrave, they go trade for Chase Young, and they're trying to get like the, uh, like the over the top production from these high uh, ceiling guys. 
And I don't know what the right way to do it is, but if you're just thinking about like, how can we borrow from some places to fill out the rest of the roster, I think you can make the case that it might make more sense to add some late round guys. But then you also factor in like Jeff Stoutland is the guy in the building who has a lot of juice come draft time. And so, of course, he's going to be pushing for better players to, to join his room. Yeah, I think it's a really you laid it out perfectly there. I just think it's like a very interesting philosophical discussion, because on the one hand, it looks like the Eagles will get what they want, you know, in terms of you know, a succession plan, premium position. They've always built on the trenches, and, and it seems like the board is going to fall that way, but I'm not sure it's the right thing for this year's team. And like you said, like, if Jeff Stoutland is is that good at developing players, and by the way, he is very good. Like, he has an excellent track record. Not like every player has worked out, but the fact that Mylata is, like, a legit left tackle is a huge deal. Like, it's all the other mistakes that the Eagles have made at the top of, you know, drafts, like Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard got completely erased because they drafted this rugby player, right. and they just let him sit on the back end of the roster for a couple of years. So, I'm with you. I, I you know, I, I, I like the idea of drafting other tackle just because that's the Eagles I know, and in general, it's been a pretty good product, slightly above average, even, you know, when you... Uh, you weighed in the bad years, but on the other hand, I, I kind of feel like you do too. Where Well, it actually, and it comes full circle this year with a specific question you asked because last year they used a third-round pick on Tyler Steen, and Tyler Steen doesn't really get on the field. He starts one game at right guard, but Sua Opeta started most of those games, and if they had, had, if they had just let Tyler Steen play those games, even if it was... Like, you know, and, you know, Nick Sirianni will always say you, you have to do what you have to do, like to what you think is going to give you the best chance to win that Sunday. You cannot think of the bigger picture. But would the Eagles be in better position this offseason if they had six games of seeing Tyler Steen play and also giving him that development time? I think I think they would. And that's really the other argument is that not only does it give you a better uh, understanding of the players, but you are investing the like on field time to hopefully let them get better over the course of time so sometimes it's Jordan Mailata and he can get better on the side but sometimes there are guys who need to play in order to to get better themselves and so it, it is this this interesting push and pull that I think the Eagles are on sort of one side of relative to some other teams in the league that's the offensive version of the church of uh, Christian Ellis right yeah and honestly like the Ellis thing is very much a part of this like we do, I don't need to go back here, but, like, I'm sorry, you know that Nicholas Morrow is not going to, like, get better over time and is what he is, whereas Christian Ellis could be just a little bit better and you, is under team control. I mean, a very, a very short-sighted roster decision as far as I'm concerned, as you already know. Okay, let's talk now about our, our new friends because if that was a short-sighted decision, you know what the best decision you can make? Just hanging out with friends, hanging out with buds, and drinking a Miller Lite, okay? Because if you want to make your favorite moments even better, well, Miller Lite, the great-tasting light beer, is for people who love beer. In a new year, in a President's Day, a holiday is a day to celebrate with friends, family, and a great-tasting light beer beer. Ladies and gentlemen, I think it tastes like Miller time. You know all about Miller Lite. You're, this, is, this is no surprise to you. You know that if you're going out, you want to throw back a few with the, with the buds, 
The best way to do it is an ice-cold Miller Lite, baby, because the dependable taste of Miller Lite is the perfect light beer for beer lovers. It's got that clean finish, and you know it's only got 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. What could be better than that? Simple ingredients like malted barley for rich, balanced toffee note flavors and the iconic golden color. Miller Lite is brewed for taste. It hits different than other light beers. It's the taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer. And you know it is the original light beer since 1975 and still the best one. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com slash P-H-L-Y birds to find delivery options near you, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Miller Lite, the official beer of PHLY Eagles. Woo! Boy, are we excited. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. I was looking up because, you know, I'm not going to crack one just yet. Maybe later, definitely later, but uh, it's five o'clock in London, in Dakar, in Dublin. All of you guys, all of our, our international listeners, crack open that Miller Lite, baby. And then, after you do that, eh, buy tickets to a game or an event or something fun. Because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They've got flash deals on last-minute tickets, easy-to-find-and-buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, and more. It is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Tickets make great holiday gifts, and today is one of the most important holidays on the calendar. It's President's Day, people. Spread some love with Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right. This is a, this is, I feel like this is an easy transition from Miller Lite, Rich, because one of the things you used to always hear about uh, presidential candidates, who would you want to have a beer with? Yeah. Tell me who, like in the Eagles sphere, would you most want to share a, a nice cold Miller Lite with? Well, I, I have a couple, Bo. I thought when you, uh, I thought this would be harder. And then when, mm. I, I don't know, I think it's such an open-ended question when you, uh, posed it to me that I, I came up with like six or seven names. Okay, I like this. There's, there feels like one obvious one. The obvious one, I'll say it right now, Jason Kelsey. Sure. Um, the everyman. Everybody wants to have a beer with Jason. That's, that's, what he's, that's his whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and I also, well, let's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's self-explanatory. I, I guess the issue with Kelsey is, and I, I forget if you, you or Sheil are the, the person who kept this. How many beers did he mm. drink on parade day, did That was say? from Sheil's story. Like, uh, do you remember yeah, the number? Like 20 or something 20. like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as somebody who, who likes drinking a light domestic, don't get me wrong, mm. and drinking like a few of them, 
I don't get quite as hungover with with, with those. Another uh, Miller Lite yeah. advantage for everybody there. I, I don't think I can. Your longevity drink. is the nice. I mean, you get you can you should be hanging out all night with sure. drinking Miller Lights. I, I do not think I could hang with Jason Kelsey. In fact, I know I could not hang with Jason Kelsey. That would be the one issue. But you don't have to. I mean, you, you can call it when you you can be responsible. I would call it. Yes. Yeah, drink responsibly. What what over the course of your two hours drinking beers with with Jason Kelsey? What are you guys going to be talking about? Oh, I mean everything. I think I'm mm. just gonna like. You know, maybe say like a couple key buzzwords and just let him mm, let, him, let go. him go. You know, like I, Taylor Swift, football, parade. <laughs> you know, Travis. You know, whatever. And okay. I would just let him go, let him talk. Maybe like yell it at him so it'd get him excited as well. Okay. You know, as somebody who's interviewed him, I mean, you wrote the great story a couple years ago about all of his injuries and and things like that. I I don't I don't know how to get the best out of Jason Kelsey. So maybe that's more of a question for you. Yeah, I mean, I think Jason Kelsey is a is a versatile conversationalist. I think he could talk. He could talk movies, TV shows. He's yeah. got thoughts on uh, on music, all kinds of things. Yeah. I feel I feel like, given our uh, our statuses, we would probably just be talking about kids and like uh, fatherhood. But um, yeah, I, I would love to have a beer with Jason Kelsey. I, I like the fact, by the way, that Shaq, of all people, was like, I need the Eagle Center on my podcast. Yeah. That's the type of crossover. It's crazy how, how just monumentally big of a star he is now. It's crazy. And, and at a position where people are not stars. Right. But, like, do you think the people who know him through, you know, New Heights and even, you know, the parade and all the other right. stuff, do, they, do you think, like, a? I, I wonder the number of people that do not know that he's like an awesome football player too. That it's not yeah, just it's a personality. So interesting. And even Travis is like, he's like reached this new level of fame because he's dating Taylor Swift, but like arguably the best tight end of all time. Totally. Like, you know, certainly re- from a receiving standpoint, it's crazy how good they are, the two of them. Like, it's wild. Like they're two brothers and they're, they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Right. Both of them. I don't, has that ever happened? Have two brothers ever made the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. And yet... I would argue because Travis has become so famous, starting the podcast and then what he's done over the past couple months here, are, are we talking like 25 to 30% of the people have like no idea? Oh, yeah, these guys are awesome football right. players, too. They're not just like funny and famous right. and all of these things. And yeah. Good, yeah, they're, but they're like, like generationally good. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, who else is on your list? We already mentioned him, Jordan Mailata. Yeah, yeah I mean, who? If you're if you're drafting a... Uh, like, okay, you can have a beer with someone. You're not going to know who's going to walk through that door, but you can guess, you, you can pick the nationality. I feel like Australian, Australian is oh, like, yeah. okay, I'll take an Australian, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Brett Brown used to say that because he lived in Australia for a long time. He was like, yeah, the people there are just different. Just like mm. just having a, a beer on the beach with any of those people, they just, it, it's a different type of temperament where they'll, they'll make fun of you, but at the same time, while they're making fun of you, it's nice at the same time. They just, they enjoy having a good time, but not mm. like a crazy time. You know, I, I don't really know how to explain it. The, the one thing I, I will always remember, though, in the in the first preseason game that Mylotta played, do you remember, oh, like... So bad. He was terrible, but yeah. I think everybody realized, like, okay, that was his first time playing football, and he might have thrown, like, one good block. Right. And, and I do you remember... You see him move, you see his size. I, I covered that game with you and Shield, and when you guys came up from the locker room afterwards... I believe it was either you or Shill. You guys said, "Man, Mylotta can fill it up," and mm. it being the notebook where right. it's just like he's a very good talker. And I found that too. Like I, I covered him, and 
you know, as somebody who didn't cover the Eagles full time, just like wrote a couple stories on his development and things like that. He was like a pleasure to talk to, especially like to somebody who really didn't cover the Eagles on a day in day out basis. Not like somebody who whose face he knew. And he, it was just like such an easy conversation where he absolutely he, fills it up. Yeah, He made fun of himself. He uh, I don't know. He, he just was a very good hang. So and I also think, too, when you mentioned like Eagles related people to have a beer with, you do default a lot to the linemen and maybe the linebackers. Sure. They seem the most uh, like approachable. Every, they, they, they seem the most normal. They're also bigger, too. Like, I would say the other skill players, like, they're in, like, such good shape that I wonder, like, do you even drink beer? Right. Or if it's, I like... Mean, um, especially, like, the receivers, like those guys. Yeah, I mean... AJ Brown, have you like, ever had a beer? Such a such an unbelievable, like, human specimen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Although, I don't know. I'd like, to have a, I'd like to have a beer with Devontae Smith. I don't even know if he drinks, but... Uh, yeah, like uh, just to just to like pick see if we can get some some honesty out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else on your list? You know, Jeff Stoutland would be pretty mm, good too. Stout's a good one. See, see, I would want to just drink a beer with him and just have him break down offensive line stuff, and I wouldn't know anything he was saying, but I think but that would be see a, the passion. Yeah, but that would just be a good way to pass the time for a couple hours. Okay. Uh, I have a couple other guys here. I, I would love to drink. <laughs> this is like a very random name. Like this? Tom Brookshire. Really? Well, I would like to drink with one of those guys that played in the 60s, you know, the 50s, where they would probably drink beer for like pregame instead of Gatorade, sure. you know? Yeah. Like at halftime, we drink milk and we smoke cigarettes. Like th- that type of era of football. I just would want to know. Now, it doesn't have to be Tom Brookshire, but he was an announcer. Yes. Uh, you know, he played with, you know, Bednarik, they won the the NFL championship. He played against Lombardi, those type of things. That that's why I chose him. But really, you could substitute anyone of those. Guys. Well, listen to this, Rich. This is a this is a happy coincidence uh, because my reaction to that is, I did go through the list of uh, Eagles and players in NFL history with the same last names as presidents. Now, Brookshire, of course, there has been no president Brookshire. But did you know that Tom Brookshire is by birth? Thomas Jefferson Brookshire. I did not know that. What are the odds? <laughs> what a life he lived. Born in Roswell, New Mexico. Do you think Zach knew those two things? I'm going to guess no. I mean, I think Zach knows a lot of things. I feel like he might not have known that Tom Brookshire's middle name was Jefferson. Oh, but now he does. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I think you've covered some some good bases. Now, what about the flip side here? Who would you actually vote for in the Eagles sphere to be president of the United States? There's some good ones. I'll I'll let you go first. Now, it's funny because Travis does joke to Jason that, like, he's going to run for president one day. Feels like a big job, but there, there, there are worse options, I would say. Uh, you know the guy who came to mind for me, and I don't know. I, I, I you know, this is the uh, the truism, of course, that like anybody who is interested in being president should not be president. But uh, uh, Malcolm Jenkins is the guy who came to totally. mind for me. Uh, I, you know, he has leadership experience. I think he cares about the right things. Uh, he has um, like uh, many different life experiences that I think would would come in handy for thinking of the bigger picture. So that's one guy who came to mind for me. Th- those two were at the top of my list. Malcolm Jenkins, by the way, uh, 
the, the thing that I always enjoyed about him was that, first off, he would answer every question from the press. So, you know, like, he'd be standing at his locker after a game for, like, 35 minutes and just get millions of questions, whether it's about the game. Yeah, that was what was always so impressive was, like, the the ping-pong version of it. It was like, okay, like, uh, what are you doing about social justice? Why did you miss that tackle? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like uh, who's your favorite Robert? Like, uh, just, like, bouncing back and forth, like, and just... No, no, like switch or like he was able to flip the switch so quickly from. And I would stand on those scrums and I would just enjoy what you were saying, that ping pong. And and the thing I, I would like is that on one hand, he would give like a great answer about, you know, uh, his charities or his activism or, or any of those off field things, which, again, I, I agree with you. He did care about the uh, the right things. But then he would get a football question and Malcolm Jenkins Sneaky concussion uncle. Mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's like, true. Like, he would be like, yeah, that that uh, late hit call that I got was complete BS. He's yeah. like, the fact that I'm paying a fine when the quarterback is and letting... He, yeah, you know, he's also, like, run the ball a little yeah. bit. And, uh, like, the, like, the importance of physicality. Yeah, I think you're right. Sneaky concussion uncle is probably good. Well, he did not like <laughs> when defensive backs got flagged mm -hmm. for hard hits, which, in his opinion was the quarterback's fault because they led the receiver That's right the Tom in. Brady uh, opinion as well. Yeah, which easy for him to say now that he's not playing anymore. Exactly, yes. But, but Malcolm would, he just, he was versatile in that way, right? Where he'd give a, he'd give a great answer about the off-field stuff and just be like, look, if you throw the ball over the middle, I'm going to knock you out. And that's, yeah. that's the way football should be played. So I was a big fan of Malcolm Jenkins. Um, Jason Kelsey was another one. Okay. Now, I know he, he didn't win a war or anything, but he's got some Ulysses S. Grant. Mm. Men of Ohio. Yep. Like to drink beers. Like that, yeah. That's really all I got besides those, those <laughs> Beards. Two. Yeah, beards as well, okay. too. Just saying, you know. Um, here's another guy. Ron Jaworski. Interesting. A successful small Jaws. business owner. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For, former, I don't know enough about Jaws' politics. I'm afraid to go down that road. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even opening that up. Okay, but I will say, have you ever played at any of his uh, his golf courses before? I have, yeah. Yeah. Well, one time, <laughs> this scene is sticking out in my head. I think it was. Uh, I think you and I have played together. Oh, we have. Have yes. we played at? Uh, uh, what is it? Running Deer? Is that what it's called? Riverwinds. Riverwinds. Yeah, we yeah. we did play at that one. That's right. That's the that's the nicest one of of the bunch. I went to, I believe it was Ramblewood. We used to play Ramblewood all the time, actually, before it was a Jaworski course. Uh, they gave, like, a nice discount to Eagles employees. So that was, like, my, my 20s, the only golf I played was $15 rounds at Ramblewood. Oh, it's great. So one day, my friends and I played around at Ramblewood. It was, like, a, a Saturday in the fall. And as we were leaving in the parking lot, it was an early morning round. I know you like a good early morning round. So it's, like, 10, 30, 11. Love it. We're leaving, and... Who shows up in the parking lot but Jaws himself? Mm. And Jaws is just getting <laughs> questions just fired uh, at him about the Eagles. And he is like, this was like Malcolm Jenkins, but golf. And mm. uh, it was mainly Eagle stuff. But my friends and I did ask him a golf question like, Jaws, what's your favorite course? Right. And he had a great answer for us. Which was? He, he said he liked running deer because... Uh, he said that he had the greens rolling at a 12, which I didn't know what that meant, really. <laughs> On the stamp. I, th I think that means it's hard, but... Uh, it's the speed, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, I was impressressed by Jaws got, got dealing with all these... rolling on a, tw a 12. That's good. Um, 
I saw somebody mention D'Amico Ryan's in the chat. That's a great one. I think one. that would have been a good one. That would probably have been Zach's uh, favorite. Nothing to do with how attractive he is, just because he's a good leader. Okay. But he is very attractive. What do we think about Hertz? Now, I thought about this because I think Hertz is like the one who has the most obvious, like, uh, patina of like a, a guarded politician where like yes. he has a very calculated image and will go out of his way to not answer a question directly. So I believe that he is the most politician-like player on the team just in terms of his charisma and demeanor. Um, it would depend who he's running against. <laughs> I just don't know how he's getting the votes. I don't know where the charisma is, mm. where, where he's standing out in a kind of a debate format. But I agree. Once he got in office, like, I could see it. Mm. I could yeah, agree. I think that's good. A uh, couple other names from okay. the past. Troy Vincent? Somebody well, in? yeah, there's a good one, because there's a guy who, you know that he can play the political power game. Totally. He, yeah. knows, he knows bureaucracy. He knows how to get around the red tape. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. I would vote for him over Runyon. Yeah. Who has also done that, done that as well. That's a good one. Um, who else we got? For some reason, I wrote down Eric Allen. <laughs> okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah, he's got a good... Great player. He was always good on TV. Yeah. He's a pretty handsome guy. Okay, that's a good one. Um, but the big one, the last one I Ooh, have... Ooh, the big one, okay. Actually, the big one. Real outsider candidate. You know, you talk about somebody who doesn't want office, doesn't want the spotlight. How about Dom DeSandro? Ooh. Make stuff happen. No doubt about that would have uh, some levers to pull in terms of getting the vote out, I imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I would certainly not not vote. I would, I would certainly like never say that I would not vote for Dom. So, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Who else we got? We got Na okay. Namdi. Namdi? I, you know, I would vote for Namdi. Uh, I've always liked a Namdi relative to uh, some of the other uh, opinions of him. Did a great job on uh, Bird on a Wire, of course, one of the great uh, short-lived web uh, structures that has ever existed in team content in which uh, he and I compared players on the roster to characters from The Wire. Um, how do you feel about, like, a Jeffrey Lurie? Sure. I, I think so. Do you think he has ever thought about it? I don't think so. No, I don't I think he's comfortable. Yeah, he's got a nice, he's got a good thing going. Who needs that stress? He's certainly somebody who knows a lot of politicians, though. That's true. Yeah, I think that's any. Probably most owners are, are like that. But he, yeah, he likes to be, he likes to be plugged in there. Uh, who would be the last person you would vote for? I didn't have anybody for this, so who, maybe you can spark my uh, imagination on this. Uh, Jeff Garcia came to mind. <laughs> Uh, Jason Babin. Oh, Jason Babin. That mind. was the one. J Jason Babin may be my least favorite player of all time. Just a, just a guy who basically stands yeah. for everything that goes against winning football. Yeah. Just like bad in the locker room. Also, I'm just going to like chase sacks. I only care about my, yeah, my own production. Yep. Like if I get two sacks at the end of the game, it's fine that you run for 180 yards at me. Yes. Because at the end of the day, it says I have two sacks. I, I think Jason Babin would be up there. Uh, oh, I, I do actually have a couple others now that you mention it. Okay. Um, Orlando Skandrick. Oh, good one. I'm just like, come on, dude. Yeah. yeah. Real turncoat. Yeah. Benedict Arnold type guy. Yeah. Uh, Chip Kelly. 
Mm. So so here here's oh, the thing with Chip. Here it's comes not Zach getting very angry. Well, look, it's not even that Chip, in general, couldn't fulfill some sort of role. Some you know he could serve in my cabinet. I just I do not trust him with all the levers of power. Like he he does not strike me as somebody. He needs to be staying his lane. That's the whole yeah. yeah that's the whole lesson we learned. I, I I don't think he really respects checks and balances. You know, and that's probably why I would. Uh, well, I mean, you bring that up, and now that I'm thinking about it, like, who's got the temperament, the steady temperament to handle that job? Somebody who is uh, comfortable with all kinds of people and uh, backgrounds? Big Red. I would vote for Big Red. Totally. The, the life experiences and just... Yeah. Com- completely agree. Yeah. Andy Reid. For president, let's see it. Okay. All right. Uh, before we move on, it's time for me to tell you about Bagels & Co. Because you know Andy Reid loves a bagel. And uh, he would make the same joke. So I think that's okay. Uh, bagels & Co. We're talking Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philly with Philly love. Huge bagels. The biggest bagels in Philly. There's a large variety, usually 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily. They've got seasonal bagels as well. For instance, Valentine's Day just passed. I wonder if they've got a President's Day bagel. Let's hope. The largest cream cheese variety around 30 different flavors of cream cheese and schmears. Affordable prices because in today's inflationary world, they think that's key. They have debated raising their prices, but they want to be an everyday brand and not some high-end place that you go splurge on the weekends. We're talking about the best Brooklyn-style bagels in the city. Go out and get one for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly. Head to www.thebagelsandco.com store-locator to find the closest Bagels & Co. near you. Now, the other thing that I want to talk to you guys about, everybody's always asking, like, oh, we love the show. What can we do to support the show? Well, if you're not a diehard yet, it's time to get on board because... You get so much. You get the discount on the merch, which sort of pays for itself up front. You also get all the premium written content that is for members only at allphly.com. You know, Zach is always telling you, we're writing, we're writing, we're writing. You got Kyle Newbeck, you got Derek Bonner, you got Charlie O'Connor, you got Zach Berman, sometimes Bo Wolf. All of that stuff for diehards only is at allphly.com. And you also get access to the members-only Discord. We had a nice little back and forth over the weekend talking about uh, Gino's cheesesteak relative to other cheesesteaks. Gave my take. I can't give that to you for free. You need to be a Discord member to sign up. So people are uh, always talking about what can we do. What you can do is become a diehard. When you become a diehard, you immediately get to choose a free shirt or hat of your choice from the PHLY locker, and you get another... One every single year at renewal. You also instantly get access to the PHLY Discord Lounge, as we said, to chat with other Philly sports fans away from all the BS on Twitter. Head over to allphly.com now and join the best sports fans in the city. All right. Uh, I have this very long list of uh, presidential last names. Does that interest you at all? Let's hear them. Okay. We start with Washington. Uh, the best uh, in NFL history, Ted Washington. No eagle. There's never been an eagle, according to Pro Football Reference, with the last name Washington. 
Adams. Who do you think comes to mind as the best Adams? I don't know. I would make the case for Devontae. Uh, sure. Over Sam Adams, Flozell Adams, and Mike Adams. The best Eagles Adams? Well, it's not Jamar, and it's not Josh. It is Keith, Keith Adams. Adams. Sure. Yeah, there you go. The linebacker from uh, the mid-2000s. Jefferson? It's early, but I'm giving it to Justin Jefferson across the league. And for the Eagles, we talked about Thomas Jefferson Brookshire, what a life he lived. But the, uh, the actual answer is 1995 third-round pick defensive end Greg Jefferson, who played 57 games in five seasons, starting 41. And then uh, an interesting Wikipedia note here. Uh, seven years after his NFL career ended, played one year for the Orlando Predators in 2007, and both his daughters are professional weightlifters. So shout out to Greg Jefferson. Mm -hmm. uh, Madison, got Sam Madison, the uh, longtime corner, as the best. No Eagle has ever been uh, the last name Madison. Monroe, the best of the best. Eugene Monroe, the former Jaguars offensive lineman. The best Eagle, Henry Monroe, who played three games for the 1979 Eagles. Then you get to another Adams. We're not going to go back there. Now, uh, one where the Eagles make some hay. And this is a tough conversation because we get to Jackson. And, uh, you know, all time, you've got, you've got some greats. You've got Ricky Jackson, the Hall of Famer. You've got Bo Jackson, Eddie Jackson, Harold Jackson, J.C. Jackson, Jonah Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Stephen Jackson, Tom Jackson, Vincent Jackson. And then you get two great Eagles, Deshaun and Keith. Now, Keith's sort of like a... Uh, what's the like a was sort of like a meteor, right? Like came out his rookie year, unbelievable, unbelievable rookie year, first team All Pro in each of his first three seasons, sort of like the the proto uh, receiving tight end, unbelievable. But then career sort of fizzled out from there. Deshaun, three Pro Bowls in his first six seasons, of course, three thousand yard seasons. You're giving the edge to Keith or Deshaun? I'm gonna give the edge to Deshaun. Longer-lasting impact? Yeah. I think that's fair. Would you say Lamar is already at the capability of the best of all time? Well, Bo is in the, uh, the hearts and minds of everybody. Bo, but I, I did wear the Bo Jackson sweatshirt last week. so I also thought about just for the, for the episode going like white button-down, red tie, and blazer jacket to like look like a president, but too much effort. Jamal Jackson, former center. Jamal Jackson, yeah. Long list of uh, other Eagles. Al, Alonzo, Bobby, Ernest, Greg, Harold, Jamal, Kenny, Malik, Randy, Tehran, and Tyree. So there you go. Listen, don't ever pretend like we don't prep for this show. Okay? We're doing work. By the way, that reminds me, uh, Malik Jackson, when you asked the other day about who was the, like, the right comp for Eddie Jackson, Malik came to mind because he was a player who had a uh, high like history of production, but was released, and so it wasn't going to count against the comp pick formula. Sort of maybe made sense, although he didn't have an injury history and then got injured, whereas Eddie does have a bit of an injury history. All right, you move on to one where the Eagles have the only and best by far, and that is Van Buren. Sure. So Steve Van Buren walking away with that title. Not too many Van Burens walking around the NFL anymore. Van Buren boys. Uh, you go to Harrison... And I, I don't know, would you make the case, would you go for Marvin, James, or Rodney as the best Harrison of all time? It's a good, 
pretty good representation for the Harrisons. I think I'd make the case for Marvin, but James is close. Yeah, and, and Rodney somehow is probably the least problematic of the three. So probably so. That's uh, impressive considering he wasn't like a saint when he played either. Yes. For the Eagles, it's uh, Dennis over Jerome. So shout out to Dennis Johnson, a fourth-round pick in 1978 who played seven years. Uh, Tyler, not a lot of Tyler representation, surprisingly. No Eagle has ever been the last name Tyler. Wendell Tyler, the best of all time. Polk, Chris Polk. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. A, what a player. That, yeah, that kickoff that return. That kickoff return, yeah. yeah. And you're, th- you're thinking, this, who's, this bowling ball is going to be a kickoff returner, and he just ran it to the house. They would, they would give him the ball up like 35 points when they, they were rolling. Chris yes. Polk. Yeah. He could... Carlos Polk is going to take it home for uh, NFL league-wide. Taylor, very good uh, representation of Taylor because you've got Jason, you've got Fred, you've got Jim, Sean. Jonathan, and Sean, unfortunately all outpaced by Lawrence. LT taking it home for the Eagles. Bobby Taylor uh, in a runaway. No Fillmores, no Eagles Pierces, but Antonio Pierce uh, takes that one home. No Eagles Buchanans, Buck Buchanan. Uh, is the only Hall of Famer there. He's going to take that one home. No Eagles Lincolns. Keith Lincoln, a uh, Pro Bowl running back from the 60s, gets that one. Then you get to Johnson, and you know there's lots of Johnsons. Andre or Calvin? I'm going Calvin. Calvin. I think so. Now the Eagles, I mean, you got Lane. Lane wins here, no doubt. But you've also got Vaughn, Norman, Norm rather, Patrick, Reggie. Three Ron Johnsons have played for the Eagles. Three different Ron Johnsons. Jay, Jimmy, Keelan, Keyshawn, Kevin, Kyron, Lee, Marcus, Damaris, Dirk, Dwight, Eric, Fred, Al, Alonzo, Charles, and Charlie. What a run. Dirk Johnson. What a punter. <laughs> uh, Grant. I didn't know this. Do you know Bud Grant, the famous coach, played for the Eagles? I did not know that. Did not know that. I know he was having a garage sale until, you know, his like late 90s. That's right. Yeah. Wow, that's a good memory. Uh, Jakeem is going to take home the Grant uh, Award. Hayes, you've got Bullet Bob and uh, for the Eagles, Joe, who was a seventh-round pick in 1984. No Garfields, no Arthurs for the Eagles. There was a Mike Arthur uh, center from uh, the 80s or 90s who uh, is going to take that home. Cleveland, the winner is probably Ben, the uh, uh, Ravens guard, him or Ezra Cleveland. Tyree Cleveland, of course, uh, in camp with the Eagles but never played in a game. Then you got uh, Harrison again, Cleveland again, McKinley, no Eagles, although there was an Alvin who was better than Tack McKinley. Only one Roosevelt, and that's Naaman Roosevelt, the wide receiver. No Tafts. Wilson, uh, probably Larry Wilson beating Russell Wilson and Adrian Wilson as the only Hall of Famer. For the Eagles, Bernard Wilson is going to take that home. Is this fascinating or what? Harding. Only two Hardings in the NFL history. Both played for the Eagles, Roger and Greg. Oh, who could forget? Who could forget? Roger, of course, was a two-way player who played center and linebacker in the 1940s. He must have been just paving the way for Chuck Bednarik. Uh, no Coolidge's. Hoover, the best, is probably Brad, the fullback. Eagles had a wide receiver, Melvin Hoover. And you skip over Roosevelt again. No Trumans, no Eisenhowers. Kennedy, Eagles have never had a Kennedy play in a game. Cortez is going to take that home as the only Hall of Famer. Then you skip to Johnson, get to Nixon, probably Keyshawn Nixon. The uh, Packers is the best. No Eagles Nixon. Ford, Rudy Ford, of course, uh, by far the Eagles' best Ford over Charlie. And uh, Len Ford is a Hall of Famer from the 40s and 50s. Carter, 
Now here's where we get some action again. Because Chris is a Hall of Famer, obviously, but does his time with the Eagles hold up to Jalen? Or are they both outpaced by DeAndre? I mean, I'm going to take Jalen and just take the, uh, take the, the, future, the future stock, yeah. Obviously, I'm taking DeAndre. Absolutely. Uh, only one Reagan. That was Frank Reagan from the 1940s. Bush, probably Reggie. Eagles have never had a, a Bush, but they have had a Bush B. Uh, and the only Clinton is Charles Clinton from uh, 1987. And he did not play for the Eagles. And unfortunately, that's the end of history. So um, that's all we've got. The Eagles did, though, have a Doug Bartlett in 1989. I know Zach was, was, was curious there. <laughs> no time to get to the rest of it. Uh, was that worth your time? I think so. I think so. It might have been more fun if you were drinking a couple cold Miller Lights during it and saying, I remember that guy. I remember that guy. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Uh, anything else you have in your show prep that uh, I don't want to have wasted? Favorite Joe Banner memory? Uh, favorite Joe Banner memory. Because obviously Eagles president. Presidents. Um, and it is interesting how the, it went from like uh, the Eagles president was just portrayed as like the bad guy in the building to now like nobody even knows Eagles wise who Don Smolensky is. Uh, he, and he just sort of sticks to the business side as far as we know. Um, I mean, I feel like the obvious banner thing is when the guy in the ticket office got fired for tweeting some complaint about the Eagles letting Brian Dawkins go. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Wasn't that a big deal? And then they, let, then they rehired him or something? I think he like posted on Facebook or something, and he was like a seasonal employee, and they said, okay, you're fired. <laughs> I feel like that's the... I mean, the, 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 the divorce with Dawkins, I feel like, is the major Joe Banner moment. I think the, the gold standard quote, too. Gold standard, of course. Which, you know, it, it was funny. Like, Joe Banner, in the late 90s, probably early 2000s, there was probably like a three- or four-year span where the Eagles just had an advantage because he and the, the organization just, like, understood how the salary cap worked yeah. better than, than everybody. And they were doing the right things for the most part. And it is interesting that, like, Howie Roseman, who learned under Joe Banner, has sort of overcorrected from the, like, letting guys leave and be willing to be early on that. Yeah. Whereas Howie has sort of gone the opposite way, and, like, all of these guys we want to keep around as longtime players. Um, I wonder, like, what the, what the pathology is there, but it's interesting. With Joe Banner, too, there might have been a couple times that he called the Daily News offices and complained about the Phillies getting on the back page when yes every once in a while when the Phillies were in like a pennant race or something like that it's uh he thought it was an Eagles town I mean I think he was right but but there's no doubt that like uh, there are always there are always sort of stories of he you know Howie Roseman will say something like oh like I don't I didn't read this but you know somebody you know it's it's Bob's job to tell me about it uh, Joe Benner was not even. I don't even think pretending. He was paying very close attention to well, everything that was being said. See, to, I respect the that at least. Yeah, he's being honest. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there's, there were like, I, th I remember, I think Angelo has told this story of, of like hearing that, uh, like, Eagle, like a, uh, an intern in the PR staff had to like transcribe every morning show on WIP, which is oh. like, what a terrible job Man. that is. Like, is that person okay now? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I also think that it's fair to say that that like Joe Banner's as responsible for like the Eagles' current level of success as most people. 
What are you laughing at? <laughs> the idea of somebody transcribing <laughs> yeah. like Rich from Roxborough yeah, or something yeah. like or, that. Yeah, or like, you know. How do I spell that? Some, yeah. <laughs> Off-color joke, yeah. I would hope that it was selective. It was just like everything that they're saying about the Eagles and not just <sighs> the entire uh, three-hour show or whatever. F- four hours? Wouldn't it be funny if it was like Brett Veach? <laughs> <laughs> that was his job. Yeah. That would that would be funny. Uh, yeah, any other Joe Benner memories? Gold Standard is good. That's, Gold Standard, yeah. yeah. I'm, look, I think for a, a long time, Joe Benner did a good job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, was it a little annoying that he was uh, puffing his chest and taking a whiff when they didn't win a Super Bowl? Yeah, at times, but... I think overall he did a good job. Yeah, and I think he is right about like he was right about that general take that, and he shouldn't have said that in those words probably because it was obvious that it could be grabbed and made fun of. But like, all you can do really is give yourself a bunch of shots and be in position to get those shots, and they were doing that better than anybody other it, than the Patriots. I mean, it sounds a lot like the Kyle Shanahan 49ers right now too. Mm. So if they want to, uh, there you go. The, the, like the gold standard, that would work for the 49ers too. You know, they mm-hmm. could they could really run with that. Yeah, no, I, I like Joe Banner. The uh, the one thing I, he also has, like he is, he's still very plugged in. He still has very good insight into what's going on. When we used to do those Q and A's for the Athletic, I used to uh, enjoy talking to Joe uh, and bounce those things off of him. And that was in terms of transcribing, interesting because Joe has a very uh, specific way of talking where. Like, he's giving a lot of information, but no sentence ever ends. And so it's the only time where I'm ever putting in, like, semicolons is when I'm transcribing a a Joe Banner quote because it's like he's moving from one thing to the other without a thought ending, which is great. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it is funny that they just changed to Smolensky. who's like, yeah, this this guy's not really a football person anymore. That's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Okay. Anything else? No, I think that's all I got. What a President's Day it has been. Zeth wants to know if I can do Vice Presidents now. I didn't do that. That's, that's, we'll do that another time. On Vice President's Day. Maybe Zach will be so jealous of missing the President's Day show that he's going to start a uh, groundswell for there to be a Vice President's Day. And we can talk about Macho Harris. Al Harris. Best eagle. Ah, nice. You beat me. Okay. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the President's Day episode of the PHLY Eagles podcast. Thank you to Miller Lite for being on board with us for the foreseeable future, the official beer of the PHLY Eagles show. Thank you to everybody for watching and listening. Back tomorrow at noon with Zach. We're going to get all the stories of his vacation, the good, bad, and the ugly, all that good stuff. And uh, we look forward to talking about it. The Combine is next week. Free agency looms. We're going to get into all that stuff as time goes on here on the PHLY Eagles podcast and allphly.com. Thank you to everybody for listening and watching. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks to Rich for hanging in over the past few episodes. And as always, we love you. We all city like the mayor. 